The Lord be with you. And also with you. Our theme for this season of Lent has been the seven deadly sins. And so far we have covered sloth, envy, gluttony, pride, wrath, greed. And so today, that leaves us with lust. Yeah, I know, right? So, Palm Sunday may seem like a strange day to talk about lust. After all, there's no sex in our scriptures today. But lust is never really about sex. Lust is desire. Specifically, lust is desire that deceives. So, let me give you a couple examples. Uh, say you go to the movies and you see uh, an actor on screen who is beautiful and charming, romantic and passionate. You know the one. And uh, as you walk out from the movie theater, you think to yourself, ooh, wow, I'd give anything to be in bed with that actor. Now, we call that lust, right? But say you've been married to someone for 40 years. You've raised children together. Uh, you've gone through illness together, and you're about to retire, and you say to yourself, oh, I cannot wait to stay home every single day in bed with my spouse. Now, we don't call that lust. We say, praise be to God, that is true love. And the difference, right, the difference is not desire. The difference is not sex. If somehow, magically walking out of that movie theater, you could sign a marriage license with that actor, the difference wouldn't even be marriage. The difference is actually knowing the person, having shared a life with the person, having shared joys and sorrows, knowing the person's desires. The difference is your spouse is a real person. The actor on the screen is not. Now, the actor is, yes, a real person, but not the actor on the screen. What's on the screen is a fiction. What's on the screen is an illusion that Hollywood has spent millions of dollars to create. Makeup artists have ensured that that actor's skin looks flawless along with coiffed hair. Lighting designers literally create a glamorous glow for that actor. Script writers put lines into that actor's mouth that make them sound witty and charming and make them say exactly what you want them to hear. That is an illusion. The actor is real, but what is on screen is not the actor. That is a deception. That is why it is lust. Now, here's the thing. Lust, it is a, a powerful thing, and, and when we see it on screen, we say, oh yeah, that's not real, and we can remind ourselves it's all an illusion. But lust has the power to deceive us about the very people in our lives who maybe we lust after. So the barista in the coffee shop who always smiles and laughs at my jokes every morning, she's clearly into me, right? If we were together, she'd be hanging on my every word. No, that is an illusion, right? She is paid to be nice to me as she hands me coffee in the morning. That's how she gets tips. But, but my personal trainer who says he sees such strength in me, he believes in me, he always has an encouraging word. Is this true love? 
No, it is an illusion, right? That is a one-way relationship with someone who is professionally paid to give you encouragement. If, if you live together, he would not wake up every single morning with a motivational pep talk, right? That is a deception. But you say to yourself, well, what about, what about that colleague that I see once a year at our conference, and that person's not paid to be nice to me, and yet whenever we're together, we have such a great time. We go out for drinks, and we giggle, and we goof off, and when I'm with that person, I never feel any of the stress that I feel at home. Yes, that's because you're not at home, right? You're at a conference where your only concern is what time the hotel bar closes, if you were to bring that colleague home with you, you would have just as much stress as before, and probably more. Lust. Lust doesn't love the person. Lust doesn't even desire the person for who they are. Lust desires the person that we want them to be. Lust desires the way we want them to make us feel. And that is what we see in our scriptures today. The crowds in our scriptures today, they praise Jesus, they cheer him on, but do they praise Jesus for the person that he is or for the illusion that they lust after? Do they cheer for the Christ Jesus who Philippians says is the one who, though uh, he had the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited? but instead emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave. And being born in human likeness, he humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Is that the Jesus that the crowd is cheering for? No. That is not the one they praise. The crowd is lusting after Christ as a king. They cry out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They take off their cloaks and they lay them down before him, reenacting what happens in 2 Kings 9, when soldiers lay down their cloaks to proclaim their military commander as the new king of Israel. They do this because they have seen Jesus' deeds of power and because Jesus' disciples set him on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And Zechariah 9.9 prophesies that someday the king of Israel will ride into Jerusalem riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The crowds, the crowds, they desire a warrior king, Messiah, who will destroy the enemy of Caesar and set them free from Rome. But that is not who Jesus is. That is an illusion. They are lusting after a deception. And they are not the only ones. They are not the only ones who desire Jesus to be who they want him to be rather than who he is. Jesus' disciples, Peter. Peter, the first of the disciples to proclaim Jesus the Messiah. He says he loves Jesus, but he can never once accept what Jesus says is going to happen for Jesus' own life, which is that he will leave Peter and die. Peter started, off Peter started off his relationship with Jesus saying, get away from me, for I am a sinful man. And when Jesus in that moment did not leave Peter, from that day forward, Peter wanted Jesus to never leave his side. 
We hear Peter today say that he is willing to go with Jesus to prison and to death. Peter, he praises a Messiah who is his best friend who will never leave him. But that is not who Jesus is. And so Peter praises an illusion. Or Judas, Judas of whom we only hear that he loves money. Perhaps he serves Jesus because he imagines Jesus as a stairway to riches. Or perhaps more generously, because he imagines Jesus to be a revolutionary who will redistribute wealth into Judas's pocket. But that is not who Jesus is. And so Judas serves an illusion. And here's the thing about lust. Lust always disappoints, but it is often also dangerous. Lust is dangerous for those of us who lust because lust prevents us from having real relationships. When we lust after an illusion, we inevitably compare it to the people in our lives who are real, and reality can never compare to our fantasy Comparison is the thief of joy and lust robs us of real relationships because so long as we lust after that illusion, we can never be grateful for the people who are real, who we are with. But even more than being dangerous to those of us who lust, lust is dangerous for those after whom we lust. Lust isn't just admiring someone or appreciating someone's beauty. Lust is no longer seeing someone as fully human and instead seeing them as an object for our own gratification. Because of this, lust turns people into objects. And when we treat someone as an object, we can do anything to them. And objects that don't give us or do what we want them to do, we consider those objects as trash. We throw them out and we destroy them. Women know all too well how rejecting a man's romantic advances can result in a potential suitor turning into a predator because that man was never interested in the woman as a person with her own desires and intentions, he was only interested in her as an object of fantasy. And that is also what we see in our gospel lesson today. Judas dreams of a Messiah who will keep him afloat in cash. But when Jesus allows 300 silver pieces of perfume to be poured out on his feet, Judas betrays him for 30 silver pieces. Peter pines for a partner who will never leave his side, but when Jesus willingly walks into prison and leaves him behind, Peter will deny he ever knew Jesus. And the crowds, the crowds cheer for a warrior king who will fight for their freedom, but when Jesus invites his disciple to carry two swords for one evening only so that Jesus can tell them to reject violence? Well, the crowds will begin to cheer, crucify, crucify him.
lust. It leaves us with illusions that tear our lives apart. But Christ, Christ sees us for who we are. And he holds us together in his love. Jesus sees Judas, sees Judas for who he is and for the betrayal that he will commit. And Jesus still calls him as a disciple. Jesus still shares the last supper with him saying, this is my body given for you. Jesus sees Peter sees how Peter will deny knowing him three times, and yet Jesus still calls Peter his rock. And the crowds, Jesus knows that they will cry for his crucifixion, and yet on this day he walks into their midst. He willingly lets them embrace him for who they think he is. Jesus knows the crowds and he loves them. That is what love is. Not to desire a person for who we want them to be, but to desire the person for who they are. And that is what Jesus does for you. Jesus knows you with all your pain, with all your imperfections, and Jesus, he still wants you. Jesus sees you with all your defects and with all your doubt, and Jesus He still desires you. At the end of the day, that is what we all want to be wanted. That is what we desire to be desired, and Jesus does. Someday Christ will be proclaimed king. Someday every knee will bow at his name and every tongue will confess that he is Lord, but not because of his power, but because of his love. Someday everyone will know that God has seen them for who they are and loves them, and so they will kneel in joy and make that Lord of love their king. For those of us who know God's love now, for those of us who have been seen and claimed by our Messiah, may we see each other in that same truth. May we hold each other in that same love. Amen.